At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my face in Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! First episode of Listener Submitted Month. And I quit. Oh, no. (laughs) And man, are we starting off with a wild one. So let's go to the email real quick. It says, hey, guys, I just watched Brain Damage from 1988 for the first time. And what a wild ride. The plot emulates drug addiction. Film has a wildly saturated cool tones and gross out gore, practical as well as old school CGI effects and tons of black humor. There's even a basket case cameo for Matt Kelly. If you guys haven't watched or reviewed it yet for Horror Movie Night, I highly recommend that you do so. I think it'd make an interesting, if not squirmy, discussion. I really enjoy your discussions. When I listen to episodes for movies I've never seen, it encourages me to check them out, even if those were movies I'd normally pass up. Thanks for expanding my movie horror horizons, Michelle. Uh, so thank you, Michelle. And Thanks, Michelle. Scott texted me the other day because this is one <laughs> that... So we covered this way back on Reddit Horror Club early like probably round one or two of reddit horror club no dude i'm pretty sure that you me and adam were already on the podcast together oh that maybe it was later on but we covered this on reddit horror club and i think scott and i had talked about possibly doing it because it's really the only hen and lauder movie we haven't done (laughs) <laughs> and I, have we and done I Frank, was of this, yeah we've done Frankenhooker fuck yeah we've done everything but bad biology and I have no intention and of us no, ever doing bad biology nope. no. but but I was like I don't my whole argument was that I think that this is too good for us <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's actually a very like Hen and Lauder is a very interesting director and I think that his movies are some of the best like New York grime <laughs> that's out there mm-hmm. but like I this agree. movie really feels like an art house film where everything else feels like a grindhouse film and i for years i was like it's a great movie we can't do it for the show but then i was watching i'm like why the hell can't we do this for the show this movie's <laughs> fucking wild 
<laughs> I feel like I feel like those New York directors that come from that era all have a similar thing where they have like they have like the one that yeah. you're talking about. Like brain damage is certainly Hen and Lauders. I think like Maniac is period is like is Lustig's and I feel feel well, like Maniac is yes. the most New York city of all of them. Like beyond it, yeah. just being Lustig's best. And that's not really he didn't really do a whole lot of great stuff. Like Hen and Lauder, I can watch his entire his yes. entire filmography. I mean, even Bad Biology, and I can be into it. Um, right. Because I well, Bad Biology feels like a trauma movie to me. Bad, but Bad yeah. Biology feels like a Sharknado movie to me. Almost like it feels like these movies are all all of his movies are weird, and all of these mm-hmm. movies are in on the joke. But there's always some element of like you get a vibe that there's some sincerity behind what he's trying to do. Yeah. I don't get sincerity out of bad biology, bad biology feels like once. (laughs) So I've only seen it once also, but it's because it feels, it was like his first movie in like 20 years. And it feels like a man trying to make what people expect his movies to be. And not just what was, what was like coming so naturally to him throughout the eighties. You know what I mean? Like when he made these eighties films, it was very much pulled from his like warped, dark brain yeah and then that one felt like fuck uh what would they want from me you know like it feels like yeah maybe that's why i always felt very trauma when i think back on it but i think that you're right though that hen and lauder wasn't trying as hard in the 80s but i also think that like i i did a little reading about brain damage and the thing that kind of clicked with me is i mean it's so obviously drug metaphor like yeah anybody that 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 doesn't catch that is brain dead (laughs) but i i feel like it's just it knocks you over the head with it in a great way not in like a hey you're stupid way but in kind of like really this is i have watched this movie many times now i'm i don't know if i'm at 10 but i'm i'm close to 10 times Mm -hmm. watching this movie because it's just good like it's pretty it is a it pretty is a movie to really watch at the same good time. looking movie. Also, the, <laughs> so the funniest thing, so I'll get to what I was getting at in a second here, but another piece of trivia that I hadn't known before um, this watch was that Frank Henenlotter did this on 35 instead of 18 millimeter. He appreciated that, not because it was higher quality, but rather because it was harder to misplace the camera, which I think is one of the funniest pieces <laughs> of trivia that I've ever found. That's it. Just, that I sounds mean, like a New York problem in yeah. every sense of the yeah. word. Like and, that you is... know, I I feel like maybe this is the first time I've watched this movie since seeing Frank Henenlotter at Creature Feature Weekend 2000, 2019, and he did a basically a live commentary track for Frankenhooker. And it was amazing yep. to see Frankenhooker on the big screen because um, I, I really, truly do love Frankenhooker. I think that that movie is the only exploitation film that I would go to bat for because it's just so tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. There's something about it's so interesting to watch Basket Case, right? Like the original Basket yeah. Case. And then you jump ahead to his next movie that's like a full six years later. And the way that he worked with a different film stock and a different color, it's almost like a completely different director. Like mm-hmm. the look of Brain Damage, Frankenhooker, and even the Basket Case sequels just mm. feel like in such a different league than like the low budget griminess that is the first mm-hmm. Basket, Basket Case, Case movie. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder like, there's nothing in between 
basket case to brain damage. Like this has got to be. There's a lot of coke. He well, he wrote this. He got he got off a of coke, and he wrote this as a metaphor for his addiction to coke. Yeah, that's mm. what I was gonna get at, and I kind of yeah, in my typical fashion, got off topic. So, but I, I find that that maybe that's what we're getting at. Maybe that's what we're yeah. kind of digging towards is the fact that so basket case was just kind of like probably had so much energy put into it and time uh, because it's his first film and he tried to get it made blah blah, blah. Right. and then he had this this gap and then brain damage was born from a really dark place but also a place of like him getting his life under control which yeah. is well as much as frank henenlotter can because uh, that dude is amazing <laughs> and also just so slapstick wild in real life um and then i think that he kind of was he just he got that stride for like five four or five movies whatever it was yeah. and yeah. and then then he took you know 15 20 years off to and then he did bad biology and that was to is basically kind of like a fan service movie and i get that mm-hmm. he does have a certain level of savant when it comes to writing and directing because yes. when he's on, he's just untouchably good, in my yeah. opinion. And that's what this I this agree. is one of those movies. Um, Kyle, was this your first viewing of Brain Damage? No, this is this is my second. Okay. Uh, and it, yeah, I'm I I'm in love with this movie too. Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, I, I think I think you're right. When Hen and Ladder's on, he's on, and this is the most consistently on yeah. oh, any yeah. of his films are for me. I also um, want to say it's the most transgressive. Do you? Would you agree? I, I totally agree. So I, I I totally agree with that because Frank Frank and Hooker is it's more it is so it's tongue-in-cheek but this one obviously comes from a more frankenhooker feels environmentally driven while this is personally driven you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's like it's a it's a experience and i think of other addiction movies i think of like i think of requiem for a dream right and i'm like has aronofsky been addicted to anything and i don't i think it's a fair depiction of i think it's a fair depiction and an artistic depiction of addiction right there's a lot mm-hmm. of actions here but i think that it's and i think that it's a great film but to watch brain damage to watch and it just again it just feels like so new yorker artist dealing with an addiction lo, you know lower middle to lower class living in the city trying to figure it out like it it roommates girlfriend life that the life that he has is so blank canvas for anybody to paint upon mm-hmm. like i i think that it's masterful truly like from an independent film point of view he has he has a voice he has uh heart and a reason and fear and anxiety it's got everything that i i would imagine addiction being for then somebody who wants to talk about conquering their own addiction they don't want to <laughs> yeah. like they don't want to like beat somebody i also think of shame you know fastbender shame which is its own look at a, a different type of addiction in my mind but it's still it's just so heavy and this is yeah. heavy but you also have Almer, like you have, you know, you have would, this oh, character. Without that comedic element, this movie would not be any fun to watch because no. really like when you watch Brian is the name of the main character. Yes. Um when you watch him the thing I love the most about this movie is that so I've never done hard drugs. 
I have had my fair share, probably more than my fair share of Doritos in my life. Uh, not as many Doritos as Kyle and way more Doritos than Matt. Um, <laughs> but I've never done hard drugs. Um, I have seen other people do hard drugs and been freaked the fuck out about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this movie does what I feel like a lot of drug movies have a hard time doing, which is unabashedly making without putting the shame into it, which is this is I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put this into words correctly, but ride this with me. When Brian is high, he's having the time of his fucking life and he looks like an absolute loser. Which is yeah. what yeah. drug addicts look like, and I, right. yeah. I you know, I, the 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 um the car him dump, in the junkyard was the junkyard exactly what is, like yes. He's just screaming. He's seeing colors and lights and having the time of his life, and he looks like an idiot. And yeah. I don't, I just don't feel like, and granted, I don't gravitate to a lot of drug movies because it's not something that I enjoy. But mm-hmm. the the, I don't know how Hendon Lauder did it, but in this movie he presented drug addiction in such a pathetic way but not in a woe is me way because brian doesn't see it that way literally the entire movie he's Mm -hmm. just having a ball right until until the bitter end it's still literally to the end he still is chasing the high which yeah which is crazy and i think one of the other things that jumped out at me when i was watching this was the simplicity of certain elements of it right like like you know that this movie didn't have a high budget. It had a higher budget than Basket Case for sure, but like it didn't have this astronomical budget. Not enough budget. to fix the wig. No, for, uh, <laughs> for the cameo. Was well, because but, he took his he cut his hair shorter after mm-hmm. Basket Case, and they had to put a shitty wig on him to get him for that scene. And right. then I guess Henan Lauder told the crew that it was just a Van Halen stand in or something like that i don't know it, it, I, I had a really hard time with that piece of uh that piece of, of i trivia. think there's i That's think that there's funny. two basket case based cameos in this though and let me double check are you but talking about the woman next door the woman that they next that they bang on the door yeah she's yeah, the she's neighbor in, is yeah she's in basket case too and i wonder a- basket as well sorry as basket case as well it makes me wonder obviously Hendon Lauder likes using the same actors and actresses Mm -hmm. he's like that but like that combined with the fact that we do have the actual basket case character with his basket makes me wonder if she's playing the same character from basket case like she survived she does yeah she's one of the only survivors in the first basket case so it makes me wonder like is this supposed to be happening in that exact same apartment or like has she moved from one shitty monster apartment into like a whole other shitty monster apartment i'm gonna Um, say that all of new york city in the 80s was shitty monster apartments that's true that's true (laughs) but what i was gonna say is like with the budget of things like something as simple but is so effective is like the first time he gets high where it's just the blue liquid filling up the bedroom yeah, you know I mean, it's like it's such, such it's such a scene. beautiful and good looking scene. That's like, and that costs not, nothing to make. Costs nothing. Yeah, like, it's and that's like, like, that's what I love. And you know what also costs nothing? It's like windshield wiper fluid. They just bought gallons yeah, of windshield uh, yeah. wiper fluid and poured it into a bedroom. They probably found it, dude. They probably didn't <laughs> buy it. It was probably in the parking lot next door, in the garage you know, that somebody abandoned. That's just so great. I just love that. And like, they had to do all of the. They had to cut 
the scenes with Aylmer because the animatronics were so loud that they couldn't use any of the audio from it, which I just love because I because it's really the part that that struck me the most is when Brian picks Aylmer up for the first time and puts him on the back of his neck. Aylmer's tail is just literally going in a circle. And I'm like, that is such a simple prop. It doesn't. Ha- mm-hmm. I mean, it's only four seconds, right? Five but it's seconds. It's still an impressive prop. It's so Every good. time it's that so, Elmer's on the Elmer. screen, I'm like, I love how this thing looks. Yeah. And it was voiced by Zachary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and for listeners that don't know, Zachary was a um, late like night, a horror, late night host, right? horror host yeah. in the 50s and 60s, and he did the. And he also did some amazing uh, like 50s horror songs that I yeah. that I have on a million playlists and I would be more than happy if I remember when this drops to uh to share those uh to share those Zachary songs but Zachary is kind of like a he's like the 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 male Vampirella Elvira you know like that archetype um Dr. Demento kind of became a Zachary thing but he was uncredited which I think is very funny He's probably like, the biggest Zachary name in this was, whole movie. He is. Zachary's no, yeah. like, mm, I don't, don't put my name on this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I also just love that his voice is so like, hey, Brian. You know, it's it's so chill. Because yeah. what else would a an immortal alien that eats brains and gets humans high would sound like? Yeah, He's right. not going to sound like have to have He has to have the ch- most chill in order to get anything done. Yeah, and yeah. going for it's like amazing. a Tommy Chong voice would be like too outrageous and right. over the top. Oh, like, that would it's suck, the perfect, yeah. It's the perfect voice for it. But no, I think even the puppetry, like be it stop motion or animatronic, like whatever mm-hmm. they're doing, just the way he moves, the way his head will like kind of twist and bend and like obviously the, the jaw dropping down and revealing like the whole inside of his mouth. It's just... Oh, and just the rack focus on the needle tip of the uh, blue fluid coming out. Like, yeah. just, it's... The fucking thing is beautiful in the way that I imagine horror fans like us and our listeners really appreciate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because it's not... It's not fucking Terrence Malick beauty. It's not. But it's, no. it's like... Uh, it's just exactly what you want and hope for. And now oftentimes what I think of when I think of that era of independent filmmaking, especially now that I've seen it like a second time, right? Like uh, the first time I was like, I loved it and I appreciated it. And like, I sung its praises to the the people around me, but now seeing it again and like really solidifying that spot in my brain for it is in my brain damage for it is, um, <laughs> is great. It's just, it's just, it's so solid. And it makes me want to like visit some of, cause I haven't seen the basket case sequels. I haven't watched basket case since. Oh, basket case two is the best. Basket yeah. case two is a lot of fun. And okay. it's in that's that same... Matt's fault that I love it though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so here's the thing with basket case two, and this will be a very quick tangent. Um, what basket case two does really impressively. And the reason why you'll love it is that it's just a creature effects. Yeah. Like, like bonanza. Show. <laughs> yeah, like because the concept is that they don't die at the end of Basket Case and they get taken in by a woman who has a home for all of the disfigured creatures that have been mocked. So it's literally just it's barely even a horror movie for the first hour. It's just like a wacky 
group of misfits living in a house together, but Love it. the level of practical effects that's going on with every single creature that's roaming inside this house is it's literally like if someone tried to do the Star Wars cantina scene, but they had about a hundred dollars to do it. <laughs> like, Let's be like, real; they had five hundred dollars, all right. <laughs> but it it it's just fun. It's goofy and it's fun. And then like Basket Case Three is pretty outrageous too. Yeah, uh, I like but it, but two it's, is not, the peak. it's not two. two yeah. yeah, two is mm-hmm. like masterful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the God. But then there are those moments that are legitimately horrifying in this movie too. Like when he's having that drug dream that he's like ripping all of his brain tissue out of his oh, yeah. ear and mm-hmm. it's almost like a magic trick and then his yeah. ear falls off and everything is spewing out of his head mm-hmm. like the fact that the actor sucks at screaming and it being believable but like beyond that where he's just like ah like it's like something <laughs> horrific you know, is happening that never bothered me that has never uh, bothered me his scream has never bothered me <laughs> in mm-hmm. that scene because i mm-hmm. am just awestruck by yeah. the gore coming well, out that of whole with that whole withdrawal to me is when Almer really gets unnerving yeah. you know and I guess that's I mean obviously that's oh, the point but it's just nice songs. that it's he's just yeah mm-hmm. right it's just nice that it is so effective and still the one note of Almer's like voice and tone like Almer does not waver at all like nope. he in, doesn't raise in, his in, voice you know? he doesn't he doesn't None get pushy it. No. He doesn't almost, have to. He's done this for hundreds of years. Yeah. He knows exactly right. how humans work. Right. All it right. all it took was one old man's strong grip, though, to bring him down. This is true. Man, what a scene. <laughs> Even then, though, like the animatronics of him being crushed to death with the eyeballs, like kind of pulsating out of its head and stuff. Like they went so above and beyond what I thought was capable mm-hmm. uh, from like a Hen and Lauder low budget movie with the way that Elmer actually looks. I also love when he. <laughs> I love when he meets Elmer's original owners and he's like, you named him Elmer. And he's just like, it's spelled a, however it's spelling. He gives like the whole spelling. Oh man. It's a great, this this movie's fucking great. It's so good. And you you know, for people that haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, or have seen the, um, cut version. Um, the blowjob scene is so fucking explicit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm even shocked after seeing it multiple times. Every single time I watch it, I want to kind of squint and turn away a little bit because it's porn. Yeah, um, it's and I, sure. I am so shocked by that movie scene in modern times. I can only imagine how it went over in 1988. Well, let's say 1980s, uh, 87, 88 when they were shooting it. But the funny thing is, is that I read up on it and. I guess I can understand. I can imagine how it went over because the entire crew walked off when they shot that scene. Um, apparently, they could not handle how intense that scene was. Uh, I don't know how it got shot, but um, that scene and the um, brains coming out of the ear and then the ear falling off um, were both heavily edited for the mm. original version of this movie. And then I didn't know um, that. And then when they did a when they did the the home VHS version is when it started to gain a cult following and that was the uncut version and I've never seen the cut version so I've been shocked every single time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's um It's aggressive. It's aggressive as oh, all yeah. get out. And But it's so like, good. Like that, it is I'm, good. I'm not saying that the blowjob scene is bad. I'm saying that it is just very obviously Hen and Lauder being like let me push the envelope. Well, mm-hmm. real hard. Mm-hmm. I want to I've just stumbled upon this quote that I want to read that's from Hen and Lauder. 
And he says, I never felt like I made horror movies. I always felt like I made exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. Exploitation films have way more attitude than anything. And it's an attitude that you don't find in a mainstream Hollywood production. They're a little bit ruder. They're a little bit raunchier. But they also are willing to deal with material that most people wouldn't touch, whether it's sex, drugs, or rock and roll. And I feel like that really does like sum up how you can describe almost all these movies is that they're a little bit raunchier they're a little bit ruder but they are touching on material that at the time no one else was talking about yeah and it doesn't for me you know for me i appreciate it so much because it doesn't overdo it like something like a street trash which yeah i will continue to not enjoy um you and no i i street trash rubs me the wrong way completely and uh, which is unfortunate because again like the some of the effects in it are really great like and then, you know, later on, those to some of the trauma stuff, Toxic yeah. Avenger, I have a really soft spot for, but I also don't, it doesn't come from the same school of thought that that Hen and Ladder quote comes from for me. Um, you know, because Lloyd does come from a Hollywood background before he yeah. gets into Toxic Avenger. So yeah, he's working he's, on Rocky and Right. He's stuff mixing, like that and... you know, so <laughs> I just. I, I, so not only is it Hen and Lauder really wanting to push the envelope, Hen and Lauder like is like Charles Bukowski to me in a lot of ways. <laughs> he's like he's pushing that, that envelope, but in a way that doesn't completely turn me off from his work. And I think he's struck the balance because there's actual obvious talent there and also the ability to sort of like toe the line. Um, yeah. That's how I th- that that that's the first time I've sort of thought about that. So I don't know. That might be raw and not thought through <laughs> of a comparison. You can always but... change your mind in the future. That is the great thing about this podcast. For people that listen to the podcast early, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Matt and I have definitely grown in the fucking bit, seven to eight I, years. I still yeah. my my opinion on street trash has still changed a little bit, but I I still think that if you just did a super cut of the fifteen minutes of people melting down, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's, it's the <laughs> other great it's the other seventy five minutes of the movie that's problem. Um, but yeah, I I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I that I have with this. I mean, go see it. I feel like this is still one of like those like secret movies you know what i mean it like, does feel it that way. should be in the criterion collection no kidding. i mean it but it, it, it's definitely one of those ones where even amongst <laughs> our fans like it's not i don't think it's had the exposure that a lot of the I other agree. films have so if you're listening to this if you know michelle said that she'll check out some of the movies that we talk about even if it was something she'd never watch like this is a movie I have no problem recommending to almost anybody because I think that yeah. they get something out of it. Totally. It th- that they like the visuals or that they like the the analogy in it or just that they think it's weird and kind of – like it's super memorable. You won't forget after you've watched <laughs> no. Brain Damage. No, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> and, Scott, we have to – I mean, before we completely wrap up, you did make your own Elmer one yeah. time. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. I did. That was Monster Mania 2019, which is ironic <laughs> that I did that for – Spring Mania in 2019, and then I met Hen and Lauder um, at like Creature three, Feature Weekend. Four, four or five months later, yeah. Yeah, and I did not bring <laughs> Elmer with me, which is stupid. But oh, he um, would have fucking love that. He would have signed it. He could have had a signed you. Elmer. Man, I guess I'm just uh, going to have to wait was, for that I'd guy still, to come I back to my, the con. I think my picture with it is like a picture on my Venmo or so, it's, it's a profile picture somewhere because I fucking love that picture. That uh, was and I loved so, your cosplay. It was I great. Need to, I need to remake that was a great Elmer. Weekend. That was oh, so fun. But I need to remake that Elmer with 
animatronics inside so that it oh is. my god just the just the at least the tail the tail i want the jaw <laughs> to move too but yeah like that's oh, yeah i still have him and i would love to remake him in um like foam rubber with animatronics so yeah maybe one day i'll get smart enough to do that <laughs> At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself, Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. Who wants to go first on a double feature on this one? How about we go week by week? Let's start with Matt, then Brian. Or Matt, then we can we can give Brian one because there are four of them. <laughs> uh, then Kyle, and then me. Okay, um, Mayan is the cop out of all cop outs, but I'm all about symmetry over here at Horror Movie Night. And just two <laughs> weeks ago for <laughs> for Ginger Snaps two, my double feature was Brain Damage. So of course. So my double feature for brain damage this has to be Ginger Snaps. Too. Love it. <laughs> oh, uh, the other addiction allegory. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys totally serious? Forgot. Was that movie about drugs? <laughs> 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 All right, Kyle, what do you got for us? Um, I, picked a, I picked a movie called, uh, which I just found on Tubi or Night Flight recently, but it was also a sort of a New York City psych movie called Retribution. Um, by Guy that. Megar, who ended up doing uh, Stepfather 3 and oh. a bunch of other, like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> You're goddamn right. And a bunch of other stuff. But this movie's really great. It's about a, a, an artist who uh, attempts suicide and then starts to try to, like, reinstate himself into the apartment complex and such in which he uh, tried to take his life. And it just has, it's New York City, it's prostitutes it's lofts it's artists it's you know it's that vibe and it's not basket case which i forgot there was a legit actual <laughs> fucking cameo in this movie so my whole double feature leading up to that cameo was basket case anyway <laughs> uh, and then you know here we are but retribution is really really interesting really interesting what, film uh, what um, era is that if you don't know the year? 87 oh so we're talking oh, the same yeah we're right, talking the same right year. The same it's nice. uh, it's just great it's a really interesting of that time movie. Uh, not as great as Brain Damage, and the, there's no real allegory or anything, but visually it matches up real nice. Are you thirsty today? Or? Uh, I, so I am 
it's going to disappoint listener submitted month uh, and then it might change next week. But currently I'm not drinking uh, oh, or eating you, any Doritos. Fine. But I did have uh, if I were to have a drink with this, it would have been a blue raspberry sour that I picked up from Evil Twin. Oh, perfect. You can have a blueberry smoothie. Yeah, I, fuck yeah! I should have just been or just even on get one of those blue uh, raz Hunter slushy? eats so many blueberries. We have a whole fucking. Oh, apparently not because he eats all your fucking blueberries. Man, I'm never having kids if they're gonna eat all my blueberries. Uh, you, no. you don't. Yeah, no. That, that's that's like the first I, thing to go. I was gonna say I can categorically <laughs> say that every time I've seen my niece since she's been born, she's either eating chopped up strawberries or blueberries. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's it's good parenting, go. though. Yeah, I, I, I love can. watching kids eating some whole foods. Vegetables and plants, uh, and yeah. some, some some fruit. And for my double feature, I'm gonna go a little bit more modern, just because I knew that we were gonna go more into the like grimier stuff. And so I'm gonna go with something that feels very very shiny. This is from 2018, um, but is still that grimy New York City vibe. Bliss. Did you guys see that movie? I did. It's vampirism as a as an allegory for drug abuse. Yeah. Oh, that's a great pick. Joe Begas is really he does his own thing and he does it really well. I really enjoyed the movie, but I have no interest in watching it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that shot on 16, I believe, too. Nice. It looks so good. It looks so good. That really my takeaway was not just the main actor's performance cuz she was amazing, but it was also just the it was shot so beautifully and the colors are so they're like very drenched, you know. They're vibrant, but but it's not like oversaturated. It's a really whoever did the the color correction and the editing is just an absolute master. Yeah, Bliss is great. All right, so uh, for what did I watch this week? Though I just want to confirm because I feel like my brain has been in a thousand different places. I have not talked about Nope on the show. No, you have yet. not. And okay. do it spoiler free because I have I did not get a chance to watch it in theaters. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say about Nope. Uh it's a yep from me. No. Uh, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> you no. son of a bitch. So it's very good. I think it's my least favorite Jordan Peele movie. Really? But I think it's the Jordan Peele movie I'm going to watch the most. And the reason why I say that is because like I would say that he has not made a movie that I would rank as less than a four-star film. Like, they are all very good movies. Obviously, Get Out is, like, the top of the the totem pole and nothing's taking that down. But I think that Get Out and Us are very heavy watches that you have to, like, mentally prepare yourself to sit down and watch. Nope is Jordan Peele trying to do a 1980s Steven Spielberg movie, and I love every element of that like and he's kind of been on the record in interviews saying like he made this movie because he had read so many articles saying that like people aren't going to the movie theaters anymore they don't really see like a point in in that so he wanted to make something that was like a spectacle that needed to be seen in like a big grand way on a giant screen (laughs) yeah and and that's what he did like he as i'm watching that movie like i'm not thinking of something like alien i'm thinking of something like jaws or close encounters of the third kind like it's it's just got that grandiose element and it's also you know one of my favorite elements in any movie is like making a movie about the joy of making movies with your friends is something i'm always going to love so like 
the the quick and dirty without spoiling anything aspect of the movie is that the brothers and sisters have a long lineage in history in film as the people who like run the training of horses for like any films that use real life horses uh something seems to be going weird specifically on their farm and then while it still always retains itself being a horror film the the bigger thing is not so much the horror of what's happening on their farm but the idea of if we can capture this on video, it will free us from all of the like financial struggles that we're currently in. So it does juggle that balance of being a horror movie, but being a movie about a group of like outcasts with a shared goal coming together to make a movie together. So you're getting like all these different homages to all these different things. So I, I think it's a really fun movie. That would be my only warning is like, don't go into it expecting the same level of like, brain twisting horror that he's known for because this is his popcorn movie like like as much as maybe us was his hitchcock movie and get out was like his psychological like torture film this is just a straight up you're eating popcorn you're looking at like giant shit like giant incredible special effects and like a bunch of interesting characters and you just like don't want anything bad to happen to any of the main characters because you're so in love with like how charming they all are. Like it's just a fun movie. So high recommend on Nope from me. Man, I, I you were holding that in for a while. I fucked yeah. up on not seeing it in theaters, but luckily <laughs> we have a basement theater. Your setup, basement so. is as close to a movie theater as I've been in. So <laughs> all right. that's a huge, huge plus. Thank you, buddy. I watched what we called Resurrection from this year uh, with Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth and I had watched Res I had watched Reservoir Dogs recently at the beginning of the month because Carly had never seen it it was a Tarantino is not a Tarantino lover but does not have did not have the experiences to back it up so she wanted to watch Reservoir Dogs she really much enjoyed Reservoir Dogs uh, but altogether I just I don't want to talk too much about the movie because I think it's it's so new and uh, I don't want to go too into it. It's really great performances by everybody. Um, it feels a little like Michael Haneke and Cronenberg to come together. Um, but tell me more. Tim Roth is fucking incredible. Just have, but here's the thing. Have you ever seen him do anything that's less than incredible? I was going to say, he is definitely one of the top actors of our generation. <laughs> Re- really, really not. But just seeing the, the, the book ending, not book ending, because obviously he had other stuff, but but Reservoir Dogs and then into that. Sure. Like pretty close together with sure. however many decades apart, 30, you know, 30 years apart, not 30 decades. Right, actually. Um, Fuck. It's just wild. It's just wild. He's amazing. Rebecca Hall is amazing. Resurrection will make you uncomfortable and it might be a polarizing film, but it's, uh, there's no denying uh, their chops. And uh, it's worth checking out. Um, it's available to it's available on VOD right now, but uh, I think it's a Hulu or a Prime exclusive, so it might uh, not be that for long, much longer. Gotcha. All right, Scott. Well, and this is coming out in September, obviously, and we're discussing this a couple weeks early, and this is couple weeks after i think this is at least a month after i watched the movie but i loved prey it's the predator Uh, sequel um i was gonna say something i was gonna talk about something else but 
um, you mentioned Hulu exclusive and um, pretty sure that Prey was a Hulu exclusive. And mm-hmm. man, I loved it. And it had nothing to do with the Predator. It had everything to do with the the protagonist woman and the fucking dog. I just, I'm not a Predator movie guy, but I, I mean, and it's nothing against the Predator movies. I've enjoyed them, but I don't go back and watch them. I've seen every one of them once, maybe twice. I, well, I've seen the original, I've seen Alien, or uh, sorry, I've seen Predator, I've seen Predator 2, and I've seen AVP once a piece maybe predator twice but i don't even think i saw it the whole way through the second time might have been like netflix and chilling it you know but prey is so my jam the 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 pacing's awesome it's got a cool animal in it um (laughs) i i i felt like it was a predator movie after the fact and that was what really made it shine i just thought Mm. that it was so cool and i love that they were originally going to only have it in comanche and then have it dubbed and there is a Comanche edit, I believe, uh, if you wanted to watch the, oh, cool. the two different versions, which I just love that that um, that representation. I love filmmakers trying to do something different, especially with such an established franchise um, that hasn't really succeeded a whole lot. I mean, really, Predator is, is a standalone. You know, yeah. none of the sequels have done really much of anything. I think that Predator Two was okay. I mean, it, but Predator Two is the one that we're most likely to one day talk about on this podcast, right? But I'm saying it's like so outrageous, but it's not. It is, yeah, but it, it's not. Like, I don't think that financially, oh, that no, Predator no, 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 has no, no, ever no, no, been no. like a huge winner. But I think that Prey no. does an amazing thing where it takes a well-known and loved, like established franchise. And does something so wildly different, but I feel like it's it's exactly what I wanted. It's just a mm. very interesting. I loved it. I just I think that's so cool that they made it. And I would love yeah. for filmmakers to, if you're gonna make a movie in a franchise in 2022 and on, please just make something interesting like this. Oh man, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that was the first of four listener submitted movies i would say it's definitely the most artistic <laughs> yeah we're, it, it goes downhill from here and, uh, what, did, what does newfound glory say um my it's friends over no i meant all downhill from here <laughs> but we will be back with next week's listener submitted pick uh very excited question mark i mean scott brought up predator that's a pretty good uh connective tissue to what we're talking about very close week, my I friends guess. i should have uh, probably saved prey for next week's what did we watch but i <laughs> don't care <laughs> but we'll be back next week with more horror movie night At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why did my f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- 
What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 